Well, hello, everybody, and welcome back to Creative Conversations with Dion White. I am Dion White, and I am your host, fine art painter, published artist, author, and your spiritual and creative coach. Welcome to my world. <laughs> this is episode 18, and we're, today we're going to be talking about the importance of cultivating and stewarding our inspiration. Um, before we go into that, I just want to recap the last few weeks. We covered the Creative Voice series and the topic of the artist identity, and I shared some explanations of and tips on the creative voice, like the artist identity and batching your art. Uh, we definitely did not exhaust those topics, but we're going to weave them into the weeks to come because they all fit together. This week, we are going to be stepping a little bit deeper into the nature of inspiration and the importance of cultivating that. So I hope that you have come expecting to be inspired and ignited for your journey. I want to talk to you about something I would call exhausting or thoroughly examining avenues of creativity. It's really important to understand that podcasts are short in nature and they are little bites of information we grab in passing on our busy lives, but really sometimes we need to exhaust a topic or exhaust even a project. And this way, you know, we are stewarding and both cultivating our hearts and our inspiration in our art. You know, it's in this fast paced world, we feel pressured to rush to the next thing. I know I do when we have not even completed or exhausted the previous or pre present project or issue at hand. Uh, we were created to be, you know, contemplative and meditative beings to seek the deeper things, but we cannot go deeper when we were always floating on the surface attached to unfinished work or stuff. So we do have things that are continual and they carry over from week to week, like this podcast, for instance, but there are other things that are just hanging around. They might be unfinished, unattended to, and it's literally taking up mental, emotional, and creative space. I know that is a very real thing for me right now. I have unfinished projects in my studio at this time. We've got to deal with them, though, and let them go so they're not floating devices, right? Uh, hindering our pursuit of more. You know, we need to be good stewards of our stuff. Um, to say it plainly, really, we need to be good stewards of our stuff, whatever that stuff is. So the reason that thoroughly examining and exhausting subjects is beneficial is because it helps us see and gain greater insight. It kind of just paves the way. It clears the way. Um, it clears our mind and it gives us um, space to be able to uh, receive and it really leads to a greater experience. So I want us to get past like the appetizer and get into the meat, right? So I give you great practical and insightful tips and it's sort of like an outline of topics, but really what I want is I want you to take it and run with it. Do more of your own research. Uh, and more of your own digging and seeking and study regarding the topics, whether that be spiritual, practical, or creatively. I want it to inspire you, but I don't want it to end here. I really don't. You know, it's like a match that we strike, and I'll explain that a little bit uh, about inspiration in just a moment. But I feel we stop short of the blessing. And oh boy, <laughs> right here, can I just stop a minute? I could totally preach and teach on the man at the pool of Bethesda because it's part of my story, you know, like from John chapter five, he waited for someone to help him into the water. 
and he tried crawling down himself, but became defeated every time somebody went ahead of him. Guess what? He stopped short of his blessing. He waited for someone to come and put him in the water, technically, or he wanted the others to not basically get in. You know, he just wanted them to stop so he could have full, you know, uh, availability to get in on his own and his timing. But 38 years in that infirmity, uh, in that condition, I believe it was in his mind more than anything. Um, and someone came to him and that someone was Jesus asking him if he wanted to be well, asking if he, uh, you know, what he, what he wanted. And so the Lord basically ignored his, uh, his excuse and told him to, that he was whole and made well and to get up and pick up his mat, you know, so consider this, my gentle reminder, pick up your mat moment kind of thing. <laughs> I believe you can do greater things with what we start with here on the podcasts. So it inspires me and it encourages me to continue to even persevere. So I do these podcasts just as, as much for myself as I do for y'all, but I just love being able to share and equip with you as well. So, you know, let's not be the man at the pool of Bethesda. Let's not be the one who stops short of the blessing. And that's why I think there's something to be said for finishing what we start because it gives us freedom and room to breathe. Now, there's a whole nother aspect to that story of the man um, by the pool at the sheep's gate in John 5 um, that I even talk about and I write about it in my book. And I talk about being positioned, like where are we positioning ourselves, you know, in life um, and are we just stopping short? But that's a whole nother topic. So but the other important thing about exhausting a topic or issue is because in God, there's more. There's always more. And there are layers upon layers in our journey with God. And I actually like to think of it uh, like a rose, okay, that's unfolding into a beautiful bloom. Layer by layer, it is unfolded and it falls into perfect places. Like each petal was already planted and placed on that bloom, right, on that bud. And as it unfolds, it gets put into its actual position um, and it's part of something bigger. It's part of something more beautiful. And I feel like half the time we don't let the full bloom of the rose unfold. We have about half of it open with our projects and our art, um, you know, whether that's whatever it is that we're doing in life. Sometimes it's projects we're doing in community or in our church or wherever in the school in your work, you know, are we stopping short of the full blessing of that bloom being open, complete, and part of a bigger, you know, beautiful thing? So there's always more. There's always more. I'm just going to be really honest with you and say I've had these issues myself. I've had issues of letting that bloom only open halfway. And I'd be like, okay, that's good. That's good enough. And I get uh, impatient or I get complacent, um, or, you know, discontented, or even bored in a way, and I don't exhaust it the rest of the way. You know, I've had issues with not finishing things and that I've started really my whole life, you know, and I, I've always been somebody with grit and gumption. Uh, my mom would always say, you come from strong stock, Dion. <laughs> it's kind of funny. And actually, I, I kind of learned to hate that uh, phrase in a way, because I didn't feel strong for a long time in my mind. 
and really not in my body, but my spirit, my spirit was what was strong. And it kept reminding me, you are strong, but not because of the ethnicity or the European culture that you um, came out of, but because of who was within me. And the Lord said, you know, that you are, I am strong, you know, the great I am. So one of my slogans now that I say, one of my phrases is, I say to myself and I declare it and I decree it is, I am, I am strong. And so that's lowercase I, lowercase A, lowercase M, meaning I am. And then I declare I am strong, meaning the great I am, because he's within us. And we're, we are conquerors because of him. He's already won the battle and the victory. And so we have the ability to persevere. We have the ability to be strong. We have the ability to conquer and overcome and to exhaust these topics and thoroughly examine them so that they can come to the fullness and the bloom that they're supposed to be. So I know there's probably, you know, many of out, many of you out there right now saying, yes, that's me. I resonate with that. That totally speaks to me. And I'm tired of it because I get tired of it, you know, and I don't want to give into that uh, cycle of um, stopping short of the blessing, you know, but you may put your hand to something and not finish it. And, you know, there's no condemnation in that, but we have to become a people of discipline and perseverance because it builds our character. You know, you may have lost your motivation or even sight of the vision with the inspiration, but God is really faithful. I'm going to tell you right here to bring back things to the surface. If he's planted it in you and you forgot it or you buried it, he's really faithful. It's If it's part of destiny that's supposed to come through you, he will bring it back to the surface and remind you. It may even be years apart. It may be a decade or two apart, but he's faithful because he knows the plans that he has for you. And he even has plans for your art, which we're going to talk about in just a moment. So even when we all have, you know, good intentions to complete a project, intentions are not good enough. I had a lot of good intentions with a lot of good things, but it wasn't good enough because intentions don't manifest unless we put our hand to it, right? There's got to be something greater that drives us. But I just want you to brace yourselves because the term I'm about to use, um, it may offend you. I don't mean it for that, but I'm just being very real that we're fighting something spiritually that's trying to destroy our destiny. And so I don't use this term loosely because it actually hits very close to home uh, in my own life. But what I call this when we stop short of the blessing, um, I call this the spirit of abortion and it affects every area of our lives. So let me tell you, the spirit of abortion has affected me in every area of my life. The enemy has successfully at one time or another in my life affected my spirit, my soul, my body, or even my art and my ability. And I basically laid down and let him do that to me. I lost the motivation. I lost the sight of the vision. And I almost lost the hope. But God was faithful to not let go. He kept me anchored in him and began to help me to believe again, to believe again. He began reminding me to believe again. But I have to tell you, it was a mindset. It kind of was a mindset and a curse that followed me, but I stopped that cycle, y'all. I broke that curse and I took that back years ago in authority. 
I was going to commit to being a person of integrity and finish what I started as the Lord would lead me. Uh, and I would not get mentally defeated along the way anymore. It's still hard. It's something that I think everybody deals with, right? Because it's a, it's a race of perseverance. It's, it's a marathon. It's, it's not a sprint and we have to persevere mentally. If anything, you know, I wanted uh, to see God's promises fulfilled basically. And every unfinished work or unfulfilled promise is actually hurting us in one way or another. So, you know, I talked about um, unfulfilled work and promises uh, in the sense of an abortion spirit. And I, like I said, again, I don't mean that in any harmful or offensive way, but it's very real because we are fighting a spiritual battle here. But unfulfilled promises and unfinished work is just a roadblock to destiny coming through us. You know, I've learned over the years, I cannot just nibble on topics or projects. I just can't nibble on the word of God. And this became very evident in my art as I was not thoroughly connecting to God. It showed in my art because art is all about connection. So there was no depth. I had not thoroughly examined my connection with him. That was the biggest thing. And the more I invested in my relationship with him and the more that relationship uh, that that relationship with God began to manifest in my work. And that's what I attribute my success to now uh, as an artist. Um, and I'm so, so thankful for that. And it's it's a treasure that I pray everybody finds in the investment of the relationship with the Lord. But this particularly came to pass about five years ago in my life when I had kind of a wake up call. I began to question him and his word, you know, and the Bible says that the word of God is living and active. Well, I wasn't experiencing that in my life. It is living and active. And if it is, and he says it is, then it should be accomplishing something. But it wasn't my reality. It wasn't a reality in my heart. It wasn't a reality in my soul, my body, or even my art. I didn't have the peace, the prosperity, or even the health it said I was to have. And I got mad. I got mad, you know, and I got really vulnerable with him. And I said, it is not well with my soul. You know, you say I'm supposed to have these things, you know, and he prompted me to grab hold of his promises and sit in them, exhausting them in a way where I just would sit even sometimes for hours on end, meditating and soaking on them. Um, And he said to do it until I was experiencing it myself. So this is the idea behind thoroughly examining and exhausting a topic. And the reason being is because it gets deeply written on our hearts and our minds when we do this, ultimately affecting our beliefs. And then that's where we operate out of. So this is still a challenge for me daily. I have to submit and commit to him uh, and to finish what I started and not let the enemy come back and get a foothold. I try to take care of things quickly. And I have to discipline myself and make up my mind that I'm going to do it. So I invite and welcome the Holy Spirit, you know, into my life daily and into the process of my art consistently, asking him to help me so that the door remains closed on the enemy. Anytime we do something in the opposite spirit of, you know, of of the enemy, um, it keeps the door closed on him. So there's either two ways to go. There's either life or there's death. And so you have a choice and everything we do leads to one road or the other. 
But even though we don't exhaust topics on these podcasts, I really pray and hope that it stirs you to thoroughly examine them for yourself. Because let us become like a people where we thoroughly examine a topic until we understand it, but most importantly, until we experience it. Because experience equals power. And with that power is authority. And so everything that's released through you then, it lands in a different way. It lands with power. It changes atmospheres. It shifts hearts and minds. And so experience equals power. There's nothing greater than hearing somebody speak who's experienced something. Um, I, I, I love a great teacher. I love a great teacher. And I've learned from a lot of great teachers over the years. But the last thing I want to learn uh, from a teacher is something that they haven't exactly experienced themselves because it kind of is them, then it's just knowledge. And we're told that we need spirit and word. And so I want spirit, which means it should be experienced um, and word knowledge. And together, that's the power, right? That's the dynamic duo. <laughs> We've got the papal kind of Batman thing going on, like spirit and word, pow, bam. <laughs> and so that's how I think that I'm thankful for great teachers. I'm thankful for those can, who can teach doctrine and theology and who can teach me thoroughly skills and things like that according to the creative world. But I want to hear from somebody really who's experienced it. And so that's my hope is that as I'm bringing topics to you, that I'm speaking to you from things that I've experienced personally and that I can walk confidently and share them with you to equip you. So the way that this ties into our art is that we need to understand that there's a purpose and a plan for our art, just like there is for our life, right? Jeremiah 29, 11. So when we apply ourselves in this way, God takes those things we examine so much farther than we ever thought it could go because his ways and thoughts are higher. They are not ours, y'all. They are not like ours and vice versa. So let's not stop short of exhausting our even our artistic projects and avenues. Think of it like he has like a drone aerial view and he sees such a bigger picture than we do. Um, and we see basically what's in front of us on the block of our neighborhood, if, if we even look that far. And so expanding our vision and our peripheral vision and our aerial vision, trying to go higher, reaching higher from a heavenly perspective is so important. Um, and I feel like, you know, I think some people feel like, well, that's just dreaming, and that's not productive. And I just don't, I, I don't want you to think that way. I want to just um, kind of silence that voice right now because strategy takes time. Contemplation takes time. Design takes time. You know, the Lord, it took him time to create the heavens and the earth. And each day after that, he did something. He rested and he took time. So if he's given you an inspiration don't feel bad about sitting in that inspiration for a while, journaling about that inspiration for a while, researching that inspiration for a while, and then putting your hand to it, you know, with strategy uh, to bring it to the fullness of that open rose bloom, right? So let's not fall short of exhausting our artistic projects and avenues. It really would be a disservice, you know, to ourselves and others to abandon ship early. 
And like I said, again, I am preaching to myself, (laughs) y'all. So uh, it encourages me every time I do these podcasts, because it reminds me, Dee, you need to finish this or do this. You need to stand on your word and be a woman of integrity and do what you're teaching these women and these people, these men out there that to do. So let's look a little deeper here into cultivating our character. Okay, so two weeks ago, we talked about the artist identity and the six things that shapes us as people and artists, right? Because character is important in us. Um, you know, there's, there's nothing worse than meeting somebody who you had high hopes of to be this like great person and you love their art and then you meet them and you're like, man, that was a little disappointing or wow, they really don't know how to have a conversation and they can't talk very well or they don't seem like a person of integrity or they're arrogant. So let's just look at that for a second, okay? (laughs) Because I love to talk to people about my art, but if my heart is not right and my heart's not in it, then I have no business really talking to people about it because it's all about connection, right? So maybe the Lord or a person, say, or even an event prompted you to examine your heart and take a look at your character and maybe there's some insecurities in there or maybe there's some ego or arrogances in there and you know I, like I said I'm talking to myself I mean it's all a shifting and a sifting going on in our lives uh, on a regular basis and the chiseling away of it to let our true character uh, as he takes the mold off you know to reveal who we are so stick with me here I promise that it has a hope-filled message. This isn't to be condemning, but there's hope attached to this. Um, Comparison. Comparison is a very vicious thief of joy and security and contentment. And the artistic comparison struggle is very real. And it checks us a lot of times in our heart. So if you're breathing and you're living in this world, then you've experienced the thief of comparison at least once in your life. And if you say you haven't, then you're not being very (laughs) honest with yourself um, because I know I do. And it's something that I have to guard myself against and remind myself that I'm not called to do or paint what everyone else is doing. It really, we really do. I mean, uh, we can get on a bandwagon or we can get on a trend, but we have to remind ourselves, you know, we were created individually and uniquely with unique gifts a unique story and message. And so if we did what everybody else was doing and we looked like everybody else and our art looked like everybody else, then where's the uniqueness in that? Uh, I just, I just really feel like um, we need to remind ourselves that what he's given us and placed within us is a unique gift. It is so unique and it is a unique perspective even because only you can see through your eyes and we have to get the father's perspective to portray that and release that. But, you know, seriously though, maybe you need to sit and meditate on things that are coming from your hands and see that it is good. Maybe you're devaluing your own work or yourself and that the father doesn't want that. The father does not want that. He wants you to see yourself as good because he created you in his image So if it's done in the right spirit with the right motive of the heart, then it's good, right? It's good. And as long as it's in line with his character and his heart, then it's his will. So as well as knowing your why and your purpose, uh, this is important. Like we talked about on the artist statement episode, 
uh, if we keep centered in that, uh, then comparison cannot steal our identity or our joy because that's what the enemy's after is our identity. And he doesn't want you to create anything that resembles the father because he hates when we bear his image. He hates when our art bears his image. So how about that? That should kind of fuel your fire right there behind what you do. <laughs> but in this place of chiseling away for the character to come, you know, in this place of examining our heart or trying to put to bay the comparison thief, it may lead you to what I call divine frustration. <laughs> and it is frustrating, let me tell you, but there's a reason for it. But divine frustration is something that's prompted by God, but it's not so pleasant to face sometimes, but it will produce big results when we yield, embrace and engage it. So you can choose not to yield and then remain in a state of frustration. But it's easier to examine the situation and then reap the blessings of it. So it's kind of like, you know, thinking about the children of Israel, like in the wilderness, like if they would have just not complained and they would have been doing what they were supposed to be doing, they would have gone through that a lot quicker. <laughs> they would have passed that test a lot quicker. And so this is kind of like that place I call divine frustration. If we can just learn to embrace it, engage, and then yield to it, the reaping of the fruit and the blessings will come a lot quicker. Um, it kind of is like it hurts, but it's a good hurt. Uh, and in transition, transition is always frustrating. And so as you're becoming in him, in character, and as your art is even becoming, and it's growing and evolving, it can hurt because you're looking at that going, I really don't like that. But it's all part of the process. Um, so it may not get to show worthy. It may not be something that somebody wants to buy or you may not even show the world because I'm going to tell you right now, there's things I've trashed. <laughs> I put it in the 86 file kind of thing where um, I don't want anybody to see that, you know, but I was trying. I was practicing. I was practicing my connection with him. I was practicing my gifts and my skill. And it's all part of the process. So don't don't feel like there's condemnation in it and don't feel so frustrated in the divine frustration place um, because know that it's only transition. It's only transition. All right. So we're getting there. We're getting to the important part of inspiration, I promise. So I want to give you a visual analogy and practical idea that will maybe help you understand this exhaustion and examining topic. So what does examining, thoroughly examining and exhausting an inspiration look like? Okay, so get an inspiration in your mind at the moment. So say that something inspired you, right? Whatever that was, but that was all it did. It was like you struck a spark. It struck a spark in your soul, like that inspiration struck a spark in your soul, but you didn't do anything with it, okay? So inspiration is like a match. You strike a match, there's a spark, and it ignites right before your eyes. You're watching it going, man, that's really cool. Look at the flame burn, you know. Well, that's what inspiration looks like in our soul. Well, we need to move it from our soul to our brain, to our body, to our canvases, to our community kind of thing. So if you strike the match and you just hold it, examining the flame, examining the smoke, watching it go up and the stick, you know, burn and you're even maybe even feeling the heat. So you're beginning to experience the inspiration, but you don't do anything with it. 
Well, as a solo flame, unattended, it will just burn out and it'll burn out very quickly. So this is such a clear picture of inspiration of when we just be like, oh, that's really cool. I just had this inspiration, but then you just watch it burn out. And I hate that for artists. I hate to see that happen. And I have so many inspirations that I write down in my journal because I don't want it to burn out. It may not be time for me to tend to it yet, but I don't want to let that inspiration go. So a lot of time we strike the match and a spark ignites and we stare at the fire, but we don't put the match to paper or to a kindled fire and let it start a bigger flame. We don't blow on it and cause it to become a blaze, you know, so instead we just let it sit and burn. And before you know it, your spark of inspiration was merely a good thought. Can I get an amen right here? Because that I have lived it and it's not a very fun thing to feel. It gets farther and farther and farther away from your heart and your mind as it burns out. Well, that is what inspiration is when we do not exhaust it. So how do we steward that? You know, I mean, I'm guilty of poorly stewarding that, you know, I've failed to ignite a bigger flame and I've stopped short so many times of the blessing of the fullness of, of that inspiration and that project. Maybe I've let the enemy steal that incredible idea at times or dream of what could have been. And I've watched the match burn out after striking it. So I don't want to do that anymore. And I don't want that to be uh, a situation or condition for you. So no matter how long it takes to tend the fire of inspiration, I will keep it burning. And then we're going to talk about that, about filling our creative well and how we keep that inspiration burning, you know, um, on the next episode, because it's going to be a follow up to this about filling our creative well and keeping that creativity stirred. So it's like blowing on the coals of it, even though we're, we're not really um, using the fire yet, but we're going to keep it tended to. But, you know, even if I'm just blowing on the coals once in a while, I'm going to do it. I'm going to do it because if God gave that inspiration to me and invited me in to partner with him in the process to bring that to pass, then I'm going to protect it. I'm going to protect those divine blessings and divine ideas called inspirational sparks. That's what I feel like they are. And that is the first tip, basically, in cultivating and stewarding our inspiration is to protect it. We have to protect it. If you recognize it's from the Lord and it's something that's going to regenerate life and it's going to bless those around you, protect the spark, protect the inspiration until you can actually bring it to fruition. So that's it for today, y'all. I pray this ignited a spark within you to fan your own flame or set it even to a bigger fire. And I hope this brought exposure to some areas that maybe the enemy or yourself was sabotaging you in, in a way of defeated mentality, or even becoming a creative killer, so to speak, and aborting the mission early. But once we identify the problem, then we can deal with it. And the quicker we identify it, we can either, um, we can take care of it quicker. You know, uh, we can finish those unfinished projects. We can fulfill those un unfulfilled promises and walk in integrity as our character and our gets stronger and we gain greater perseverance in this. Because what I like to say is recognition is ammunition. So once you recognize the area of sabotage or the thing that's hindering you, maybe that that floating device, you know, that that's holding on to you, that unfinished project um, or that phone call that, you know, you've got to make or a bill that you've got to pay or whatever it is that's hindering you. Let's take care of those quickly so we can move on and receive all that the Lord has for us. 
So maybe this sparks something in your heart to examine, even on a deeper issue outside of creativity, uh, in order to make you more like him and be more productive even in the studio. But whatever the case, just be genuine with yourself and be vulnerable with God. He wants that. He already knows it's in there, but he wants you to confess it and profess it. You know, it's amazing what will come forth um, with that with that um, type of process of just talking to him vulnerably. And I guarantee you the divine frustration will melt away as the transition happens quickly. But um, just if you have an inspiration right now that the Lord's given you, I'm going to just encourage you to protect it, to guard it right now. Write it down in your journal. Sit and contemplate with him on it. Dream with him. Um, just try to get his aerial perspective of it and see where he wants to take that. Um, it doesn't mean it has to happen tomorrow or even next week or even next month, but strategy takes time. God's not in a hurry. He is, his timing is perfect. And so I just challenge you today to guard and protect and blow on the coals of that inspiration that might be hanging around in your heart right now. Because if he gave it to you, then he wants you to bring it. He wants to bring it through your hands. Okay. He wants to bring it through your hands. And not just that. It's something that somebody needs. That's the other important thing. It's something somebody needs. I can't reach people that you are going to reach. And you can't reach people that I'm going to reach. There's so many people in the world. That's why he needs all of us uh, co-creating, co-laboring with him. Because we're to go and we're to connect and we're to love and we're to make, right? And so just blow on the coals of that inspiration. Uh, spend some time sitting and meditating on it um, and just protect it. Protect it. Don't let the enemy abort your mission early with bringing destiny through your hands. So as always, you guys, thanks for listening. Thank you so much. And please like and share this podcast if you feel it will help others. Um, you can also rate it if you listen on Apple iTunes. I appreciate that. I always appreciate people's feedback. It truly is valuable to me. And knowing that you are listening keeps my podcast flame flickering. Okay. You guys are blowing on the coals of my inquisitive soul um, and my, you know, like perseverance soul. So thank you for that. Thank you so much for that. All right. We'll see you next week. Everybody have a great week. I love you all and stay creative. Hey guys, thanks for joining me today on Creative Conversations with Dion White. I really enjoy bringing you creative content of substance and value. It is my mission to help others persevere empowered on their journey. So you can listen to my podcast and subscribe on Anchor FM, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, Pocket Cast, Overcast, Breaker, Castbox and Radio Public. Connect with me further on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter at Dion White Art, or contact me and look at my art or purchase it at DionWhiteArt.com. And don't forget about the Art of Freedom book that I have coming out in March of 2020. Go to theartoffreedombook.com to read more about that of restoring your heart, renewing your soul, and reviving your body. And you can secure your author signed copy. Um, at that site. So I appreciate your support. Everybody have a great day and stay creative.